Happy Monday. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4. I'm your host, Mike Kagan. Welcome to the fucking break room. Today we're hosted... Today we're actually joined by uh, Sam Bernstein. Sam, want to give us a give us a nice hi? Give us a nice hey, yo. Give us a nice how are you? Oh, hey, how are we doing? We got, we're joined by co-hosts Dan Kagan, Riley Farrar. Sean is not here today. Sean is at camp as usual. Uh, camp Borndale. Yeah, camp he's, Micah. he's at grown-up Borndale. Uh, Micah, Micah, Micah. <laughs> so he's doing his thing. But uh, yeah, we'll have we'll actually have an audio clip from Sean when we talk about the NBA because you know even when he's not here, he's here. But um, yeah, I think uh, what do you guys want to start with? Any thoughts? How's your weeks going, boys? Anything? Anything new? Anything? I'll kick us off. Week? I mean, I I think we're we're doing great. I mean, Fourth of July was uh, kind of uneventful for the first time ever, especially where we live, where there's always a fireworks out in uh, out near us, and they didn't have them this year, so it was pretty uneventful. Uh, the weather was terrible, but. Just got off the uh, golf course, play the back nine. So, you know, Mike, you can see Mike is still in his attire. I changed, but, you know, boys made it on time. Barely. Barely How was that? I mean, typically, right, the show is supposed to air at seven. So, right, it's seven somewhere right now, right? So, anyway, I guess we can start off. I kind of want to start off with the Euros. I think I want to start off with the Euros. I think it's a good place to start. I think we got to talk about England. And I think we got to talk about England, how it could be coming home. Right. So here's the thing with England, right? A week ago, we talked with Henry about how they were frauds. They're the most disappointing team, quote unquote. They're the most disappointing team. And I think for all of us, I think we can agree that that is true up to that point before they played that game. We talk about this now a week and a half later, and England are in the semifinals playing Denmark. They beat Ukraine 4 0. Obviously, it was Ukraine. There was no, there was no fucking way that they were going to be able to uh, get like stance up to England, especially with England's bench is low key better than their starting roster. Yeah, low key, exactly. their, their bench is better than their starting roster. So mm-hmm. you look at this now; they're playing a god destined, a team that is quite on pace for destiny because of Christian Eriksen's heart condition that happened in the first game, and they're in the semifinals against England. And you know what? It's it's very simple. You got a team that's really fighting with destiny to try and get to the final to to rally for a fallen soldier, basically. And you got this team that perennially chokes, but looks like they're there. They look like they're it. It looks like England is it, and that's their year. It looks like it looks like it's coming home. Personally, right? That time traveler from TikTok said that England, England, Italy, and then one nil Italy in the final. Yeah, Italy. Italy, I think, is actually – they play a better style and they will beat England if they play them. Italy's nice with it. Italy has to get by Spain, though. But I want to talk about England. England obviously beat Ukraine 4-0. Not very impressive. Harry Kane had two goals. We're going to talk uh, about the way they got to that Ukraine game? Yeah. Because we didn't cover that the last last episode. So, that was so pre-the the Germany you wanna, game. You want to you you take us into that, Dan? You want to yeah. cover it? I mean, on Tuesday, they beat Germany 2-1. And – or was it 2-1 or 2-0? 2-1? 2-0. In a game where, you know, did England dominate? No. Did Germany dominate? No. It was a back-and-forth affair. England held their own. You know, they came out in the first 15, 20 minutes. Did they look amazing? No. But they were able to held their ground, and the Germans missed their opportunity in those beginning 20 minutes. And the Germans missed all of their chances. You look at the Muller breakaway. Dude, oh, it's right in a platter. What about the Werner miss? We don't need to talk about Timo Werner because he misses Werner. all the yeah, time. Yeah, he misses all his chances. We don't have to talk about it. But Muller misses in a perfect chance. England had just scored. And the Germans 
are looking immediately for the rebuttal. They're the Germans, the Mannschaft, they're the machine. They're not going to break. They're not going to crack. You have to break them down, like mentally. And that's what happens. Also, they were down in a bunch of games before that and came back. So they they (laughs) already had that to their repertoire. They always have. They They always have. They never back down. And then you see, and you see Muller miss this one-on-one chance. And you would think Muller finishing a one-on-one, it's like, it's as good as against Pickford. It's as good as as gone. He's going to finish the chance. It's going to be one-one. It's going to be even Steven. It's going to be a game. And momentum switches like that. He misses it left post. He hits it with his right foot, misses it left post, trying to, you know, guide it in the left corner. And you can just see momentum completely seized. You see all the England players fall to their knees because they know that they it's really there. It's just there. got away from it. They just gifted it. it to Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, like, and you see them, and again, how many times, it was since, uh, what was last, it was 1998, the last time they beat Germany uh, in the Euros, and the last time they beat Germany, not in just the Euros, but in just any international big tournament, it was 1998, and they seem to always bring it up that, oh, in 98, they beat Germany, and ever since then, it hasn't been able to, Actually, they haven't been able to do anything against Germany. They've been beaten every single time, whether it be in a round of 16, a quarterfinal, in the World Cup, Euros, whatever it be. Germany has owned them, completely owned them. In my like, lifetime, I can't remember the last time. In my time lifetime, they have them. completely owned them in, my, in all my years. So I got to say this, right? They beat their demons. They get over, they get over the hump. And you got to think, as soon as that game ends, you're like, fuck. England is going to play Ukraine. They're going to beat Ukraine. And I get, and you know what I don't want to hear at the end of all this? At the end of the Euros, if England wins, the one thing I don't want to hear is that they, oh, well, they had an easy run. Oh, well, this team got hurt. Oh, this, you know what? They you had, know? they, they got, they got who they drew. They played who they had to play and they beat them. They win. They, you know what they do? They don't win. They don't win in the terms of like, they play five backs. They play outside backs. I don't think Southgate they did. play five but right you know backs back do? there. But you know what they do? They win. It doesn't matter how they win. They just win. And, and, and you just watch the play. Ukraine is a shit team that beat them 4-0. Okay. That's a huge win. But beating Germany 2-0, not letting Germany score, and I get it. Germany missed great chances. You, Timo Werner misses all his chances. You, you had to think as soon as he was coming down on that, just like in the Champions League final when Timo Werner came down and missed the same exact chance. What did you guys think was he going to do when he did the same thing? Of course he's going to miss. But this is Muller missing. I mean, you, you had to see the writing on the wall at that point. And England being playing Denmark right now in the semifinal. Meanwhile, you got Italy playing Spain. If England was playing Spain, we would be having a real conversation. I think Spain are complete frauds, but Spain is Spain is just mm-hmm. their backlines atrocious. Yeah, Spain is meh. But England right now, and England coming into the tournament compared to France, they were the two most loaded rosters. Obviously, France is out because of Switzerland. And now you got to look at this and be like, okay, it's probably going to be England versus Italy. And you got to really take your shot at, you really got to take your shot at who you like there. And you got to think that England who plays, they sit back, they play low block, they play counterattack. Italy plays high press. They got defense at the back. They got Chiellini, they got Bonucci. They got leaders at the back that can play. They got young kids all over the, all over the field, whether it be Nicola Barella, whether it be Locatelli, whether it be any of the players that they have. Donnarumma. Donnarumma. They got plenty of talent on their team. And see, yeah, they got plenty, plenty of talent on their team. Chiesa, they got so much talent on their team. So it comes down to this. Who's going to win? England, Denmark, and who's going to win Spain, Italy? I want to hear what you guys think. Well, you know what I think the, uh, the England title chances hang on? I think it's one player in particular. Raheem Sterling. 
hundred percent. I love it. I love the thing. He, he gifted Fuller that goal, and he didn't score. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing the best he's played in international play. I think we can say that um, easily. Easily, like absolutely crazy run he's putting on, and right now is I think the probably most pivotal moment for England in a while because they're coming up against Denmark who has absolutely all the momentum they could possibly need all the motivation. I mean, like, I I think they're just playing off of the the spirit of Christian Eriksen right now. So, I I mean, it's going to come down to, you know, that matchup right now. I mean, what, what day is that on? Is I that, think that's, that's tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, is that tomorrow, tomorrow? And Wednesday, those are the, the semifinals yeah. and then the finals on Sunday. I mean, England's looking really good right now. Sterling, if he stays in this form, I think they're going to be very tough to beat. Italy, I, I, I'm saying it's going to be an Italy-England Italy, matchup in the finals, and that's going to be an incredible game all around. Yeah. England, obviously looking good, but I think this Italian team might be one of the best international teams chemistry-wise I've ever Boy. seen. Especially in a situation where none of these teams have chemistry. Like, yes. we, we've seen it this year. Like, has this tournament been as good when it comes to the level of competition and play as past tournaments? Not at all. No. This half of these teams I watch, you watch, all of us are watching. Oh, my God, they look fucking horrible. Yeah. We're saying that for half these teams. And it makes sense. You know, you go through a condensed schedule. You got injuries on every country has injuries to all of their key players. You know, fucking the training how many games did they play before the tournament? They played two games with their current squads. Right. Half the teams couldn't even get their squads altogether due to COVID protocols in different countries. You know, it makes sense that it's a mess, but like, hey, I would love to see Italy and England. I would also love to see Denmark and uh, Denmark and Italy. That would be a great final. Yeah, incredible. I agree with you, but I kind of real. I I don't. I I agree with you because that's gonna be a nice story for all for all not only world football but not only Denmark, but everyone to rally around Christian Eriksen and Denmark. But you got to really watch. you got to think it, England and Italy are the, the two remaining best teams. They've been the two yeah. remaining best teams for at least two weeks now since France got knocked out. And you got to watch. They, they're completely, two completely contrast. I don't know how many times I can say completely. They're completely contrasting styles of play, right? you got England who's going to play low block. They're going to sit back and they're going to try and counterattack. They got, they, they're they going to keep retain possession. They retain possession and they're going to counterattack and they're going to use our boy Calvin Phillips up leads. They're going to use our boy to get the ball up <laughs> as a machine. Him and Declan Rice, just like my leads career mode, they play say, CDMs or center mids, whatever you want to call it, whatever they want to play, whatever the positions you want to call it. But they're the engines of the midfield, right? And you got guys like you saw Insigne's goal last game, where he just basically walks up outside the box and just curls at top corner. Because he's class. He's class, class like, like that. that. Dan, you've watched a lot of Pickford games. You know he can get beat from outside. Yeah. yeah. You watch Eng- you watch Italy play. They're fast and frenetic. The one thing that they want to make you uncomfortable every time. They want to make you uncomfortable. England are going to be very uncomfortable playing. Mm-hmm. Very, very uncomfortable. If Belgium, by the way, and this is what I told you when the game was happening. Roberto Martinez, when Belgium was playing Italy, Roberto Martinez plays fast, free attacking football, but he's horrible at set pieces. And you watched. The VAR goal get called off because of that set piece. It was luck, but they got totally beat on the set piece. That they weren't. They basically got caught with their pants down, right? But you watch. Roberto Martinez wants to be playing on the front foot the whole time. He's like That's the Cowboys. He wants to be the attacking team. And what the moment that Belgium or his team isn't the attacking team is the moment they lose because look at the look at the center backs. They got Alderweireld. They've got 
They've got uh, Vertonghen. Really? It's, yeah, it's terrible. Really? You're gonna really going to stop these guys with those guys playing three back? No way, bro. No chance. And you mm. see what happens. Italy plays, Italy plays faster, more frenetic, and they start taking it to Belgium. And what happens? It, not only Kevin De Bruyne have a stinker, that's because he's hurt. He's the best midfielder on the planet, but he's hurt. That's why it happened. But you watch him and you play Roberto Martinez aside is now playing, having to play back, having to play low block. And you can't playing from behind block. and he can't you play. You can't from. do it. He can't do it. And I've watched in 2013 and 2014 and 2015. I watched all the Everton games with Roberto Martinez. The whole team revolved through Romelu Lukaku. The entire Belgian national team relies on Romelu Lukaku to get scoring chances or Torgan Hazard to get a long shot from outside the box. It's fast, frenetic football to get to one guy. But the moment it's not going to one guy and the moment you're not attacking the whole time is when the enti- all the dominoes fall because yeah. you got to start playing defense and you're not – that's not your style of play. You don't want to play. Yeah. No, they leave too many gaps open on defense. And I want to say this about Belgium, though. Doku and Mounier really impressed me. How yes, very impressive. Doku is great. How fast is he? How fast is that motherfucker? He's got, he's got a very high ceiling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, though, watching, watching Belgium – I, I think it's the funniest shit in the world because it's literally like Lukaku's that giant fucking kid in AAU basketball <laughs> that you just you just feed in the paint and you like do something with it and like maybe somebody will get open. Like they literally will just make it like a like a far ass 20, 25 yard pass to him at the top of the box and he just like posts up against a guy and receives it I don't and know they, they, they just hope they just pray <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen that video of him he he was talking to jamie Carragher like many years ago about how he posts up on people and how he yeah. uses his body to just get around people and it's the simplest move ever but no one can stop him because he's like probably 225 pounds and he just pushes right by you. there's nothing you can do and very effective but you cannot just solely rely on that against an international so squad. sneaky quick too with a guy that big how quickly he can move in those little spaces is oh, just on. insane. So hold on. So we talk about this, and Lukaku came out of the quote. We've, we've gone from talking about England, but now we're talking about Belgium. Lukaku was like, hey, why aren't I in the conversation with Lewandowski and Benzema and all these other players? He is in the conversation. Holland, he, he is in my head. I don't know. Absolutely. So I don't know what other pundits are saying, that he's not in the conversation with Lewandowski and Benzema Holland and all and Mbappe. Is he not the best striker in his league? And is his league not a top five league in the world? I don't know. He's the best striker in his league this year. Yeah, that's what I mean. This year he is consistently no because the Syria is a very, very you know inconsistent league. league, And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, flip flopping and there's a lot of variability. There is not going to be the same team next year. Of course, no, not, not at all. They're everyone. bankrupt. They're bankrupt. Of course, they have to sell half the team. Look at them. Yeah. Key. Oh yeah, no they money. Speaking of which, oh, I do. I, should I play this? Uh, should I play the Sean clip from last week about Pia Akraf Hakimi? Considering didn't we play it last week though? I mean, yeah, but like, he's he's now a PSG well, player. We heard this last week. Like <laughs> he was just like, oh, that's so much that he gave like the most bland analysis. Think about ever. it though. Think about it, though. PSG is a super team now. Yeah, it's like a, Sergio Ramos, Hakimi. Yeah. Uh, my God, I'm missing another one. They just signed another one. Uh, Sergio Ramos, Donnarumma, Donnarumma. Donnarumma. I yeah. just and look at Man United. They got Sancho. They're looking up to get Varane and Kamavinga. That's ridiculous. And you know what's funny? They still won't win the league next year. Zero chance. No way. No. It's between nope. them and Chelsea. It's City and Chelsea, and that's my opinion. It's City and Chelsea. Wolves. And that's it. 
Wolves. <laughs> Wolves lead City Chelsea. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to? Um, yeah. I was gonna say, NBA. do we want to transition from Lukaku posting up to the NBA? Yeah. yeah go ahead, Bernie. Yeah, you want, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got, we got correspondent, NBA correspondent, Bernie on this. We got it. We had Henry, <laughs> the NBA correspondent last week, but Bernie, Hey, we now got a finals matchup set up. That's what I was going to say. So last week you guys didn't know what the finals were going to be. You're talking. I mean, I think everybody's hopeful for Hawks, Suns, Hawks, Suns but it's not, no, unfortunately. not the case. I mean, I think this honestly makes for a slightly more interesting finals. Cause I think the Hawks would have got ran through. Probably. Um, Weirdest thing ever, I gotta say, how, how fucking strange is it? How good the Bucks were without Giannis? Yeah, with Chris Middleton games. taking a step up and act absolutely balling out. I mean, the man's we an all have to the eat our words. We all have to eat our words. We all said, all of us. I know I'm guilty of it. I looked at their roster. I said, this team isn't a finals team for mm-hmm. the last three, four years. This team, I like Chris Middleton. He's a He's two. Good. He He's always good. kills every time we play them. He yeah, he does kill us. Oh, he murders the Celtics. Mm-hmm. That's because we should have signed him a couple of years ago, but mm-hmm. that's a different story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at this team play without Giannis. We guys, we we have to completely destroy this narrative that the, the Bucks are the ones that don't help Giannis. This is not a LeBron 2.0 situation the first time he was in the Cavs, like everybody was saying two years ago. No, 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 they... no, no, no. This is what I was trying to talk about. You know OG on TikTok, the guy who talks about basketball? Yeah. That guy was talking about why are we always blaming the organization? for the shortcomings of the player. Why don't we just make the player get better? Why doesn't he just get better? Why are we always blaming the organization? He was talking exactly about Giannis. He was talking about exactly about why do we always blame the Bucks for not getting Giannis to the finals? Why doesn't Giannis, it's easy to blame those teams? Why doesn't though? Giannis learn to shoot? Why doesn't Giannis get, you know, get better and improve on his game apart from just walking, taking three steps to the basket and dunking? And you watch him, and he's out of this. He's out of the most of it, if not most of the important games in the last in the last uh, series. And you watch Chris Middleton, who knows how to shoot, completely dominate, dominate yeah. a Hawks team without. And that's keep in mind, Trey Young without Trey Young. Trey Young was point. not playing. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, Trey Young not playing for a few of those important games. But you got to really give credit to Chris Middleton where credit is due, that he really took his game up. He stepped his game up. And that series is labeled with his name, period. He won half that series. I, I do want to say, I think he's half of it. Okay. I, I, I think we leave out another big player here and somebody that I think is so underrated and not talked about enough. And it's Drew Holiday. That good fucking Drew out. And he, like, I don't know why we, like, for the past season, hasn't, haven't talked about him as, like, a top-tier point guard. Because he definitely is. He, mm-hmm. He's super he's consistent. He's such an upgrade for them over Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, he's or- super efficient offensively. He has that same level of, like, defensive intensity. Like, he's great. He's a fucking star point guard. And, like, honestly, because Giannis, like, brings the ball up so often, obviously steals some of the playmaking ability from Giroux. But you just saw in the past couple of games how when he actually has the ball in his hands, he's just as good as when he's off the ball catching and shooting. And I think that just shows you how well-rounded that dude is. He is He's a great point guard. I really he wants Drew to get his respect. Yes. I really agree that he's underrated. Very underrated player. Super underrated player. Almost as underrated as someone like, I don't know, Devin Booker. I mean, obviously not as up on not as obviously not as underrated as Devin Booker. Devin Booker is obviously a lot better than him. But Devin Booker, for the longest time, when the Suns wasn't getting his respect because that team couldn't make the playoffs. 
the mm-hmm. longest time he was just known as somebody who gets buckets. But the Make the playoffs could... couldn't be relevant. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was a guy who could get buckets, but the team wasn't relevant. And now they're in the finals, and they're the, this is their first playoff run. What do you say, since 2009, Dan? Yeah, Steve I think since 2009-10 with those so teams. Nash, Antonio, and those This guys. is Devin Booker's first playoff run ever. They're going to mm-hmm. the finals. They're favorites, easily favorites in the finals, considering they're healthy, considering they're fully healthy. Maybe Chris Paul is not fully healthy. Chris Paul hasn't been fully healthy for like but five years But neither is Giannis, let's be honest. So we're saying they're probably the uh, – and you're, let's say let's say matchups are – probably Aiden is going to be on Giannis. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be on Booker? Uh, Drew Holiday? Mm-hmm. And then who's so. going to be on Chris Paul? I have – Middleton? I, like, no. No. It would no be – um, who the Bucks start at, at the two? Uh, Pat Connaughton? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris wow, gonna roast him! Holy shit! So like, there, yeah. So like, what are we thinking for the finals? Like, who? Like, I like the way the Suns match up big time for sure. Um, I, I, I mean, Aiden on Giannis is obviously a little, a little scary, but we also don't know what Giannis's timeline is. So I think Suns get out to an early jump. Um, they always do in every series this postseason. Yeah. CP3 will be back soon. Um, he, I, I mean, him on Connaughton, he should be eating there. So I think that's a win for son, the Suns. Um, Giroux versus Booker. I, like everything I think lines up for this to be an absolute shootout kind of series. Like, yeah, could go gonna seven. Be a lot of offense. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of offense. Um, Middleton's going to eat, but like, I don't know. Suns are just such a well-rounded team. It's very interesting. I don't know how – I feel like this is one of those situations you got to see how it plays out, especially early on in the series. Which yeah, is so just, rare for us. Like, as, as NBA viewers, we know the outcome of the series. Right. You know, this is the first – I'll tell you this. This is the first time in 12 years that LeBron or the Warriors, like, aren't in the finals. Think exactly. about that. It's insane. That's, that's, that's fucked. I wouldn't it's say – very new. Very, very refreshing. It is refreshing. I agree with you. It's going to be something where you really don't know who's going to take either game, and I think it's it's better than watching the last two minutes. You're going to get to watch every single quarter. I think it's more important to watch every single quarter, every single minute of the game, considering you're, there's going to be a lot of different narratives being changed from quarter to quarter, from point to point, from bucket to bucket, from free throw to free throw, rather mm-hmm. than seeing the same bland Cavs, Warriors, or Warriors, you know, Toronto or any, anything like that. LeBron and his Lakers versus whoever, or LeBron and his Heat versus whoever. You have a completely different finals with completely different superstars, with a completely different set of cities, big markets. Again, Milwaukee hasn't been in the finals, and I have no idea. Phoenix. Uh, the the last time Milwaukee won was their third season. They That's won great. the NBA title in their third season in like 1970-something, and they've never won since. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah, all they have. Yeah. Kareem back in the day. Uh, interest, interesting question for you guys. Um, if the Bucks somehow manage to win this finals and Giannis plays well, if he continues to suck at shooting free throws and shooting jumpers, what are people going to say? Because does it like matter? Like, no, because he would have the title to his. If, okay, so here's the thing: if he sucks at shooting free throws and he sucks at shooting shots still, and he hasn't changed, but they win and he plays well, it won't matter. It shows that they can overcome that. It'll show that he can be not even that great at what he's supposed to do, 
and they still can win. So you could also imagine that if he did figure that out, how incredible they could be. So I don't think it would really matter because you see all these guys all the time who lack in a bunch of places, but they still win. Like there right. are still, there's so many examples of players that, and in specific situations, Giannis doesn't necessarily be the, Giannis is not going to be the last guy to take the last shot in the game. Giannis right. is no. not going to be the guy shooting a three or shooting a jump shot to end the game. Okay. He's giving that shit to Chris Middleton. He said that over and over and over again. He's giving that shit to Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. If again, if they do win this and he doesn't, he doesn't shoot particularly well. And here's the thing. If he, if he doesn't shoot particularly well and he doesn't shoot from free throw as well, but he still plays well, I don't think anyone will care. Because at the end of the day, people are just going to look at the scoreline and be like, oh, he scored 30 points and 15 rebounds. He had a double-double and eight assists. And, and at the end of the day, they won the series. And no one's really yeah. going to care. And I, and I think, I don't honestly, if they win the series and that happens, Good I have to him. take all my hate back for Giannis. I have to. Because mm-hmm. he, would have a, he would have a title and basically being a limited player. And yeah. I'd be could there could like, you – like I would, I would have to eat my words. My girlfriend's absolutely. family is Greek. And every time I would go over there, you know, a couple summers ago, like when they had their all family over, like imagine telling Greek people that Giannis Antetokounmpo is overrated. Yeah, like yeah. it is, it, it is a powder keg conversation. <laughs> so a powder I mean, keg conversation. Greek, yeah, Greek, uh, it really is trying to tell people that stuff. And I just I mean, love I was the right, idea. He's in the finals, so they get the last. I, I love the idea that like, like we, you know, when you think of players like the greats that have led teams to title runs and whatnot, like. MJ, great free throw shooter. And you got LeBron, who people like to shit on because he Obi. hasn't been con- like consistently good at free throws and whatnot, especially in the clutch. But we have a guy who throughout those playoffs has consistently airballed free throws, which Takes like normally is take him too. normally is humiliating stuff. And yet we can just ignore that if he wins this finals completely. Absolutely. That's how good he's played outside of all that shit <laughs> and that's the thing and this is, i want to bring this back to paul george henry talked about a nice point with paul george the other week henry said paul george had a great he had a great playoff run he really did he really really did and this and without Kawhi, makes sense he's getting a lot more minutes he's getting a lot more usage he's gonna get a lot more points very basic basic iq of anything that works in sports if you get more minutes you get more time to shoot the ball shoot the puck throw the ball catch the ball whatever it is you're probably gonna do better but Paul George missed two free throws at the end of the game that costed them a game completely, and they lost the series. If Giannis wins but does miss a bunch of free throws, does miss a bunch of shots, but they win, who's going to give a shit? Just like the Clippers, if the Clippers won, who the fuck would care that, that Paul George missed those two free throws and then Aiden had a game winner on, a, on an alley-oop attempt from fucking Jay Crowder? Who the hell would care? No one would care. It would just be a forgotten moment in time like Julio Jones' catch in Super Bowl 51. Who would care? So, again, get that this in. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That was one of the greatest catches of all Super Bowl. And, and, and well, no one, and nobody no will one ever remember it. it. No Forgotten. one remember it. So yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if winning is all that matters, winning is the cure to everything. You can suck at a really, really important part of basketball, which is free throws. And if you suck at free throws, you are literally a liability to your team. There, the team will, the other team will foul you, so that you can shoot free throws because they know you suck. They will foul Giannis because they know he will miss. But if they win in the end, it doesn't matter. Winning is, is the cure for everything. And that's will when Paul George can get it. Will this alter player development? Like, will, like will, with, like, people that they find, like, especially, like, kids, like, freaks like Giannis and whatnot, when they find them, 
I think like are they going to completely eliminate the aspect of like training them in basic fundamentals like free throws I and think stuff that's, like that uh, I yeah that's a great point I, I think, think that's kind think of been erased I mean from what I from what I've heard from like the AAU levels under us and and kind of the you know I've heard this big debate, especially because like I'm friends with a lot of people who are really into basketball. They always tell me that the European guys who come over, Luka Doncic, and they goes, they're technically and fundamentally so much more sound. And it's so obvious. You watch Luka play. You know, does he look well, athletic on. at all? No, he's hold got on. the feet can of a dancer, though. Yeah, why are they more refined? Are they playing yeah. professional basketball and getting? Oh, at a much younger age. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they are. So yeah, exactly. But I'm just play. saying it's it's deep down from the way they're taught, though. And in American basketball, we can see in the AAU route, like, dude, come on, like, Bernie, you, you've you been exposed to these kids. We saw these kids in high school, like, you got these five foot nine white kids who were just chalking up threes from half court. It's like, what, what is yeah. this? And then, you know, the NBA's always had the problem where in the draft, players are taking more of their physical attributes and their raw ceiling potential than anything else they can do. That's why we see guys like Donovan Mitchell go like, what, 14th overall. You know, we see fucking... Yeah. Mark Frank Nilakita go in a lottery pick. And <laughs> I can name a million players. Anthony Bennett, I watched a documentary on the other day. Oh man. Yeah. That's that's no, a such a sad, sad case. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's I feel like there really has been a switch, especially in America, like mm-hmm. towards focusing on just the players that are athletic, not even talented at basketball. Exactly. Big dude that can dunk. And like I noticed that when I was playing basketball, especially in high school, like that transition had already started. Like the the like you know anybody can like shoot like even me I I, I could shoot lights out from the mid range come on now but like no, man's is wedding fifty yeah. man's is wedding fifty but that, that that's Bernie. not that's not getting you any sort of attention like the people that are getting the scouts to come to the game the people throwing down windmills during warm ups and yeah like, you know like the the kids that had bounce like there's this kid that I, I played against who went to St John's now like. I think he has something like 100k followers on tiktok just for like his dunks and stuff you know like he's nuts and he plays at at unh or something not that good at basketball can't shoot but like athletic as fuck and can just jump out yeah and that's sometimes all you need yeah the unh basketball team is garbage (laughs) thank you riley you have a first-hand account (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's definitely not worth the free price of admission I can say the same for Quinnipiac's basketball. <laughs> in quotations, basketball. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. What, what's the kid's name on the team? Who's our point guard? Who or Rich Dad? Kelly? He's not Rich anymore, Kelly. dude. There was literally oh, Bernie. There's a kid so on our team who's like five foot, maybe nine, and he can dunk. He has hops, bro. He has bounce. He's Damn. some like finance major who walked onto the team because he has bounce. And we see him in a warm-up throwing down, and he never touches the court. But we're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we got uh, we had this kid uh, my freshman year who had to have been like 7'2 or something like that. Just this giant. We called him Shaq 2.0. He's like, <laughs> like Shaq with like dreads. And you could tell he was just like one player that they just like found definitely couldn't play anything like like hadn't played basketball, at, you know, and like they just picked him up and were like, you get on the court now <laughs> and like big body can just finish in the paint. But I feel like sometimes like it's all you need, like just size, athleticism, just something you don't even have to be good at basketball. Joel Embiid, perfect example. <laughs> like me and Dan knew this kid named Marius and he was from uh, where was Rwanda. He? Rwanda seven foot two he was about seven foot two and I believe he was like about 
280 pounds. And this kid literally said he was going to walk onto the basketball team. And we believed him because he would We buy. watched him hoop. He also, hoop. when he played pickup and he'd play with, like, the Quinnipiac team, he didn't go in the paint. He made it a rule for himself that he wouldn't go in the paint. He only shot threes and mid-range and from the elbow. Wow. And it's and like, again, you got to respect that. And you got to <laughs> respect that, exactly. And he, unfortunately, like, he came to the cart and he was not going to go to, he's not going to deal with playing college basketball. He really cared about the cart a lot, but he really, he, he could have done it. I think he could have done it. Marius, if he's ever listened to this from Rwanda, wherever he is, he, I hope he learns that he, he could have done it. He could have gone big, but uh, yeah, boys, we got, we got, Two minutes left. What are we thinking? Well, what's the what's the what's gonna be the finals? I'm saying Suns in six. Suns. In I agree. Six. Exactly. Bucks my and seven. Come on, we don't have anyone saying anything different. I Come said on, Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. I don't know. Oh, Bucks okay, and Dan. seven. Bucks like, and Dan. seven is interesting. Dan, tell me Are, why it's Bucks and seven, Dan. Um, they trade off. So the Suns win the first two games, and then the Bucks roar back at home because they start in Phoenix, right? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Bucks roar back. Giannis gets more healthy as the season as the series goes on. And they just trade games down the stretch. Then the Bucks win on a crazy last-second buzzer beater from Drew Holiday, and uh, there's the NBA Finals for you. Interesting. Okay. Window into the future. Are you a time traveler? Maybe. So I want to credit this Suns run to the No Jumper Girls. Uh, I've got to. Got to be. I got to credit. Got to be that chick. Well, hold on. I got to go to my Twitter mentions because I sent this to Henry just because he really didn't know who the No Jumper Girls were. Before we end this, I gotta I gotta say this exact number. Since since the No Jumper Girls, also known as Throat Goat, they are seventy-one and twenty-five since this girl decided to suck off seven of the dudes on the team. We don't know what seven dudes they are, but they are seventy-one and twenty-five. They've sent LeBron home. They've swept the Nuggets. They stepped over the Clippers. And they're on the way to the NBA Finals to play the Bucks, who they were presumably uh, potentially will, you know, beat up on in six games, seven games, whatever it be, because I think they're the healthier team. I think they're the deeper team. I think they're the actually better coach team because I love Monty Williams. Budenhauser's a clown. I would give so much to Monty Williams as the fucking coach of the Celtics. Unfortunately, we can't do that. We've got – who's the next guy? Udoka. 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 Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Great episode, boys. 